because you have red lights on the doctors in the house. Aye, aye. This, this is good. It is I good. Seen you, I haven't seen you in a long time. Too long, but definitely. I'll get down there, man. So I want to welcome everybody. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Whatever your platform you're on, appreciate you joining us. Um, today I have a guest who's a founder of the Brooks Bush Institute of Human Movement Science. He's a doctor of physical therapy. He is mi hermano de otra madre, which is my brother from another mother. Sorry, and man. also my, my number one mentor, always, uh, but more than anything, a really, really dear friend. I'd like to introduce Dr. Brent Brooke Bush. What's hey, up? everybody. Uh, I mean, it, it's crazy times right now, that's for sure. That's what's up. Um, yeah, we're, we're surviving well, I think. Uh, I feel I, I'm, I'm really proud to see how, how most people have reacted in this crisis. Like, there's been, people are very resilient very creative like it's been it's been cool to watch I, you know i hate to see people go through anything but it's it's nice to see how people have managed to be successful in these hard times um yeah you know what um i i am amazed at the creativity in so many different areas you know uh, i i can't even believe it it's, it's wild yeah. outside of the fitness fitness industry still you know all these other places people are being creative and uh you know, people having, I mean, I don't really drink, but I mean, happy hours. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I saw, I don't know if you've seen this. I mean, me and you both have this jazz background. Yeah. They're doing like Instagram live concerts, but from like, like in their own homes. Like, it's crazy. Like, they're playing like yeah. combos, like bands are coming to get online. It's, it's, it's a really interesting thing, which is really cool because you're seeing some musicians who maybe wouldn't normally get a chance to talk together or play together or whatever and like they're putting together creative stuff and we're seeing a lot of that in uh you know in in other businesses too so i think even in in fitness and, and rehab like we're seeing this movement towards telehealth and, and you know it's not perfect um you know video sessions are not perfect but there's there was i think some of that need for that was there before covid and that's what some people are starting to realize it's like oh wait this was this online training or this online therapy thing it does serve a purpose it does fill a gap that maybe we could have been filling even before this all happened isn't it funny because i've heard that and i've been thinking about it myself is uh geez why didn't we do this before but that wasn't yeah. the expectation before the expectation yeah. was we we're going to show up in some city and teach um, Sometimes desperation is inspiration, right? Yeah, like, and then as we start to do things more on a live basis, I think we'll be doing a lot of us will do less because we don't have to. We can save travel money. We can uh, people can save travel money if they're traveling or whatever. You know, it's pretty cool. And and I'm hearing now how how the live stream workshops been going for you because you've done quite a few so far, right? Yeah. So, you know, I think there. The most important thing the Brookbush Institute did starting off, if I can back up one step, yeah, yeah, you know, and I think this is important for people to understand if they're in their own business, if they're independent, whether they're just training clients on their own or whether they have a bigger business. When the pandemic hit, I started working harder. Yeah, right. And I think that that's that's the first key is to go. Okay, we're about to head into something of the unknown. Mm -hmm. we need to execute better. We need to execute faster. We need new, more new ideas. 
than we've had in the past so that we, you know, obviously it's, it's trial and error half the time when you're doing business stuff anyway. We need more stuff. We also need to figure out what our opportunities are and what our possible threats are. So we started pedal to the metal. Yeah. Uh, one of those switches was we went, okay, wait a second. We have, you know, I think 50 live workshops booked. Well, this is a yeah. problem. Yeah, that's right. You guys had a, all over the globe. All over the globe. Ooh. I mean, well, Europe, Canada, and United States. Not quite all over the globe, but... No, I, you know, I thought I saw some in Asia somewhere, too. Wasn't there something in Asia or Singapore? Not yet. We definitely get some, some calls from Asia. We'd like to get yeah. over there. Just haven't quite figured out how to expand and keep our quality up. Yeah. Um, but we'll get there. Um, you know, so kind of going back to this alternative, like we went... I, I had an all-hands meeting. Uh, with my with my team and you know the, the all hands meeting was pretty maybe what you guys would expect i mean we were kind of like hey we're well i i wanted my guys to know hey we're well positioned now because we're primarily an online institution um you know nobody's in jeopardy of losing their jobs which i wanted to make sure everybody knew up front mm -hmm. i was like but now is the time for austerity please don't go out and expensive vacation <laughs> expensive yeah. purchases because if things get worse later I would like the option to be able to, you know, not give bonuses, cut back salaries, whatever I have to do to keep our whole team together. Yeah. And I would rather shrink salaries a little bit, shrink compensation a little bit temporarily to keep the whole team rather than having to cut team members. Right. And that was yeah. kind of the conversation I had. Yeah. So then we started talking about the live workshops on this thing. And one of my instructors, Ken Howard, one of my newer instructors was like, well, why don't we do live stream? Mm -hmm. And at first, it just was like, okay, we'll give everybody the option of switching from a live workshop to a live stream. And we started building on that idea, rifting on that idea. So our normal workshop price is $5.99. We're like, well, we probably shouldn't charge the same for a live stream workshop. And I was like, I agree. So we started working out some pricing. You know, we now do these corrective exercise packs that have all the bands and the release balls that people need. Yeah giving those out at workshops. We're like, well, we could send those to people's homes. Let's make sure we get that going. That does have a cost associated. So long story short, we're like, okay, we can go down to about two ninety nine. dollars mm -hmm. right? Cool. So we'll offer everybody refunds for the difference in price from their live workshop that they paid for to that two ninety nine, if they want to join the live stream. We throw that out there. We get some good feedback you know, about 40% of people asked for full refunds and we were like, okay, maybe 30% asked for full refunds. Mm -hmm. We're not going to argue, right? We, yeah, we're not right. here. We're, we're here to help, not the other way around. Yeah. And so we get this all set up and, you know, we, we talked, I talked to Dave, who's our, you know, my workshop manager now. And, and I'm like, dude, I don't want this to turn into corrective exercise lab from your living room. Like we have to have something that is, is as good an experience and so you know dave's teaching from a classroom inside of a gym yeah. with a whiteboard and a model everybody gets their equipment shipped to them cool we figured out how to make sure we knew zoom and how to put the powerpoint up and have him and the powerpoint up at the same time and how to create a whiteboard yeah. so we created this whole experience once we had that all down we went and i wonder i'm just going to send an email to all of our um, contacts, right? And my email list and see if anybody else would be interested. Evidently they were yeah. <laughs> because we sold out two workshops in two days, sold out. 
Well, but I was so I'm interrupting a second. I was on your your uh, website days ago, and there were several sold out. Mm. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, so you, I was, you I was, sold out too quickly, but you sold out a lot more, evidently, right? Yeah, so we sold out two. I then write another email. We add a couple more workshops. Mm-hmm. I write another email and was like, hey guys, I, uh, you know, thank you, right? Like, this is amazing. Yeah. We've added two new live workshops, or two new live stream workshops. We send another email. Those two sell out in 12 hours. <laughs> That's great, man. I was like, the heck is going on now things are starting to slow down a little bit right so we're not selling out quite as fast but you know like i think our next workshop is sold out and the one after that is almost sold out and then we're starting to see more normal numbers after that we did just launch the program design program design course so that Mm -hmm. it's the same content you'll learn all the same algorithms and stuff that we use to like create really sophisticated programming but um we changed all of the exercises so you could do them at home Oh, good. We've kind of made a program design for online coaching. Mm, nice. Right? Really so nice. That one, I think the first one is like two seats from being sold out, and then the mm-hmm. next one is, is on its way too. So the only thing you can take from that, right, is this isn't a COVID thing. You know, what I, I think we realized what we were just talking about, and this kind of goes back to like the telehealth and the, the virtual coaching for personal training, is – that live stream product would have probably done really well before COVID. Mm-hmm. And I can guarantee that it's going to continue after COVID. Sure. And yeah. to your point, like it does fill this interesting gap. Like one of the hardest things with live workshops, as you know, Carl, with your success with uh, Parkinson's regenerations is it's really expensive and really hard to get butts in seats. Yeah. And then you get so, messed up and you wind up in the hospital in Singapore and <laughs> yes if we're you yeah actually so i'm interrupting one second but we're going to come right back to this um so i had my hip replacement in summer i am moving better now than i have in literally probably 20 years i feel freaking amazing so i'm very lucky and i thank you for helping me through a lot of situations in my life but uh you know teaching me so much but you you've been such a great support uh i hope to repay you one day somehow some way but I'm on the spot. Uh, yeah, okay. So the bottom line though is um that travel, yeah, it costs money. You know, I, I can pay my three instructors now more money and still earn more for myself. Not that I need it, because we're trying to save some for some other stuff down the road, but I don't have to buy plane tickets and stuff like that. So because we're starting up our live stream in two weeks and it, it and it does a number on your health. That's what I was gonna say. So yeah, it yeah. does a number logistics, time energy you know when i was in london i was sick as a dog with you two years ago in london. i right. felt so bad yeah. but you know yeah. i was coming to the end of being able to handle any of this stuff yeah so, we have we have an interesting balance with our instructors which we try to do with you we want them working a lot so they get better but on the same token like i try to cut back on back-to-back weekends as much as possible yeah um you know dave works a lot but he likes to travel um I don't travel as much anymore and you know it's because i had years where i was doing 35 weekends 40 weekends in a year and it's just oh. it becomes it becomes really harsh and it was okay when i was in my 20s like yeah. now i don't it, it, it is harder like it, there's no there's no doubt about it travel's not as easy as it used to be either so no that's not even before COVID. It, it's not as easy as it used to be things keep yeah. changing so so go, uh, go I remember back. though, I knew you when you were doing like 40 workshops a year, years ago, yeah. 
and you weren't even leaving the city most of the time, but still back to back weekends have a, plus you're recording videos all the other weekends. So you had no yeah. time off. You work five days yeah. a week and you teach and record the other two. And yeah, I but still don't take days off, but that, <laughs> that hasn't changed. But, um, uh, going back to where we were heading kind of with this whole, excuse me, you know, the, the, COVID, because it's so expensive to put on live workshops, which I don't think people understand. They don't really consider that plane tickets, hotels, paying instructors, expenses like food and stuff like that. It makes live workshops very expensive, which makes it hard to get into cities that have smaller populations, mm -hmm. right? Like you'd essentially have to have a monopoly in South Dakota to like fill a live workshop out there. Right, that's yeah. nothing against those those states or cities. Like that's not a jab. Like that's that just is. It is the economics. I think you know when we go back to this coming up with new business ideas, you look at this live stream idea, and it's all of a sudden like, well, if you want to fly to one of our larger cities, like that's great, and you can take a live workshop for us. But now these people who are in smaller city cities have an opportunity to take something similar right in their living room, which I think is you know, amazing. And, and at a reduced cost for them too, because if they had to travel, then they're paying for a hotel and plane ticket and everything. Exactly. Um, you know, kind of coming back to this whole, what's going on in COVID and like how we started this conversation. Um, you know, now's a, a great opportunity to try new things. It is. And, and the people who are being really creative, it's not just paying dividends in the sense that they're, keeping a roof over their head now right which is important no doubt that's important but i think all of this stuff is going to have future ramifications for the people who did get real creative did try some new stuff because when things kick back up to normal which they will right they're going to have this whole new revenue stream or this whole new business mm -hmm. yeah and, and you know the other thing i was thinking about the live thing is for you and others you're taking you, you have to travel out a day early to do a Saturday, Sunday. So you're losing revenue on the Friday and maybe the Monday yeah. too, you know, cause you either get back Monday or you're so tired, you can't even work. So. And, and personal, trainers and yeah. personal trainers and physical therapists have the same problem, right? They still have to travel to their clinics. They still have to travel to the gym. Yeah. If you're doing it at home, it's at least a little easier to switch gears real <laughs> fast, right? Like you could do two sessions at home and then be right on your computer working on a marketing campaign as opposed exactly. to, doing two sessions, having to get back home, sit down. Now an hour and a half has gone by where you're actually back into the zone and to work on something. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious um, with your uh, physical therapy, are you working with people now at all doing any PT? And, and if so, maybe that's the first question though. Have you seen anyone recently? With okay. So I think we have to back up and let everybody know that I more than likely had COVID at the beginning of March. Okay. Yeah. Right. So like I've, if it wasn't COVID, I had like a pretty bad flu and I, I it, it would be hard. Like I've never had shortness of breath before and I had shortness of breath during this thing. Yeah. Um, so nonetheless, I had COVID. I, I have to assume that the antibodies are swimming in my system and I'm, you know, going to be fine. Right? That's how normal viruses work in the human body. The antibody thing is not, a, is not a new theory. There is some concern that maybe you'll be able to catch COVID twice, but I think people need to understand that that would be highly unusual. Like that's not usually how colds and viruses and stuff work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Um, 
I have seen people knowing that I'm can't spread or get the disease, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm, I'm kind of safe, but I have limited sessions to being done in my apartment for people I know and kind of who have their back against the wall. Like we've already tried doing some stuff via text and via email and like, we're not able to fix their problem. And so now I need to kind of see them for an assessment. Got it. Yeah. But I've, I've kept it limited. I mean, I'm not trying to, to do a full caseload, you know, although I haven't been doing a full caseload in a long time. So. Well, you're, you've got a lot of work with the Institute. <laughs> I remember being there in your apartment many times, man. And just looking at the stuff you have to do is like, or being on the road with you and you're doing stuff all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, but you know, let's go back to the Institute for a minute too, because uh, the, it's grown so much. I, I remember joining up the day that you launched it, right? Like in, I think it was January changed. five years ago, maybe six years. What year did yeah. you launch it? Uh, so it would have been January 1st, 2015. That's what I thought. Yeah. I, I joined up the day and holy cow, man. I mean, what's, what's on there. So for people who are watching, um, well, what's the website? Is it, cause I know you, there's a couple links that go to it. Okay, brookbushinstitute.com, just how it sounds. I can put a link on the screen. Um, you got to check it out, man. I'll let Brent tell you some of the things that are, uh, that are offered, but bottom line is you're, it's still a monthly thing, right? Yeah, so you, mean, get, you get CECs because there's so many courses on there if you take them. Uh, go ahead, tell us about it. Yeah, so I mean, like, we're all about optimizing education, right? And I think... I, I'd like to think I, I, I was early on the trend in our industry of switching over to this more Netflix style uh, business model, mm-hmm. right? Like you pay a monthly membership. Everybody knows Netflix. Um, and I think that Netflix model has a lot of advantages, right? It, it first takes the barrier of entry for education way, 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 way down. Mm-hmm. The whole idea that you're going to pay five, six, seven hundred dollars up front for uh, education certification is prohibitive. Not to yeah. well, not to mention like thirty thousand dollars a year for post-secondary education. But one one goal, we'll take that one thing at a time. Um, so you know, we kind of started this idea of like, okay, if we charge nineteen ninety nine a month, like that'll help more people start on the education path. Yeah. It also creates this interesting dynamic with the business in the sense that content all of a sudden goes from being a packaged good that you sell to you have to continue. It almost becomes like a consumable. You have to continue to create content to maintain members. Yeah. Um, And that puts a lot of pressure on the company, but I think it's a good type of pressure. Mm-hmm. Right? Like we're constantly trying to figure out how can I do this better? How can I make things better for my colleagues? Whether it's, you know, it's, and it's going to be a couple different avenues, right? It's like the, the user experience on the website, how easy is it to get certification or uh, a DECs? Um, how many credentials are we accredited to offer CECs for, mm-hmm. right? Like we want all that stuff to be super easy. And then of course the content, we just keep optimizing the content, keep making it better, keep updating it, keep adding more content. Yeah. Um, and of course we'll make out in the end, because if we do that really well, you're going to stay. And 
you know, although we're not charging $600 up front, our hope is, is that we've lowered the barrier of entry for you to start, but we keep you forever because you love that we keep producing more and more content and we can be that resource for you. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of where we're at and we've continued to grow. Uh, there's no doubt that we have done some things right. Not that we've done everything right, but we've done some things right. And I, I, I think, I think it's the, definitely the future. Like there's no, there's no doubt about that. Uh, you know, and as we launch more certifications, which we will be in a couple months, like, I think we're going to upend that whole industry because, you know, our certifications are included in our membership. You don't pay extra for them. Yeah, that's, and that's, uh, I don't know if that's going on anywhere else. So the model is really, I think it's ideal. It's ideal for, yeah. you know, especially if, you know, let's, let's talk about right now. A lot of people are uh, less income, let's say in the physio business or the you know, trainers, movement specialists, whatever. Uh, so this is a, this is a great way for them to get in there without having yeah. to upfront hundreds of dollars yeah. and start to learn some stuff. Because um, as a member myself, I mean, I, I know you're always putting stuff up there. I know you have some great people on your team researching and writing. And absolutely. so it, it's, it's really, it's absolutely enormous. I think uh, I was talking with somebody the other day who calls you the content king and nobody can oh, yeah. work with you. And it's true. I mean, it's absolutely, you've been called that before, but it's true. Yeah, Andrew Wyatt, I think, calls me the content king. <laughs> He's one of them, yeah, for sure. Former CEO of NASM, now CEO of ISSA. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we, I personally outproduce any of the major certifications out there right now. Oh, now. Um, by a and long the, the team as a whole. Too. Yeah, the team as a whole, definitely, like, we're crushing it. And yeah. Like I said, it, it kind of, you go back to, okay, what was my mission? Well, it was to optimize education, mm -hmm. right? And I think that's very different than, than some of the other businesses that are out there. Um, you know, I think a lot of other businesses are like, we're going to certify everybody. Well, certification is a product. That's like selling, saying, I'm going to sell cars to everybody. Like that's not a, that's not a mission. Um, you know, we're, we're out to optimize education. We lower the barrier of entry. We get some success, get some revenue in. And then you go back to like, well, you've now put this pressure on us because of the 1999 a month membership that I have to keep getting better. Like that's the only thing I can do to make my business better. It's really a, a, a much more fair negotiation, right? Yeah. Like yeah. as opposed to the $700 certification where you, you buy, you're, you're spending that money before you've even got the book, which yeah. let's talk about the fact that we don't even use textbooks. Like you can access all of our stuff through phone or desktop. Like I think textbooks are a little old school at this point, but, um, you know, it's, once they're, once they're sold that package for the certification, it's over, you know, like the, the, the company essentially doesn't have any further responsibility. Brooke, uh, yeah. the app. Get yeah. the app. And yeah, the, app the app is free is, for members. The app is yeah, free yeah, the for app members. Is, it's all it's included. In the, just like Netflix, man, we're all inclusive, one price, super simple. Yep. Um, yeah, man, it's just, I, I, I really like the direction we're going in. And I can't, I can't take uh, credit for, for coming up with the idea. Like the tech industry is so far ahead on this stuff. Yeah, it is. You know, I think if I have any uh, light bulb moments, whatever you want to call them, it was really that I stopped looking at the, the fitness industry or stopped looking at the rehab industry for ideas. Mm -hmm. Like you have, a, you have a lot of entrenched models out there that 
that are that are keeping us that are holding us back and then you look at like something like like netflix and you go jesus this is so i mean so much like when you compare netflix to blockbuster like i know everybody's used to netflix now but like think about that think about what netflix did right yeah it put them out of business but i mean and and there's nothing wrong with it it's great because on the consumer end it's so convenient um yeah it's amazing even when they raised their prices last year i heard i don't know i subscribe but i don't know what it costs it's cheap like 12 dollars a month maybe 10 bucks i don't know so they go up a dollar or two there's no way i could have gone to any video store and rented the dvd for or even the red box you know you can get them for like two dollars yeah but still but does the red box have have tiger king i think not (laughs) (laughs) so you've got to go to red box though you know you, you so i mean and then you gotta take it back so yeah here you just log on and my wife and i get on uh frequently and we watch stuff because it's so convenient and there's, and there's a lowered barrier to of entry because you just pay a monthly fee and you watch all you want it's like all you yeah, need. and to even go further right like now the brook bushes institute is working on um stuff like favorites you can now pick favorite courses. And once you pick favorite courses, they populate into <laughs> your dashboard so that you can easily get back to them, oh, right? Nice. And they bookmark. Yeah. So once you're in a course, like if you scroll down and read the first five, six pages, when you go back to that course, mm-hmm. which is in your favorites, it opens right up to where you left off, uh, right? Like those are the little conveniences like the tech industry has just been killing on that we're bringing in, we'll also send you an email now. Like once you bookmarked a course, we'll shoot you out an email, right? So that you, you don't even have to get into the app, log in, open up your dashboard, go to your favorites and open up the course. That would be five steps, yeah. right? You just open up the email and it says, want to pick up where you left off? You touch one button and boom, the article opens up where you're bookmarked. Isn't that great? I love that kind of thing. I, I have that in, uh, I don't know, well, Audible has it in their yeah. books, right? Yeah, so I have Audible on two devices and the you know, listen to a book on one device and then I go to the same book that so you were left off here. Great, because I didn't know where I left off. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Those things yeah, are so we'll handy, but the less steps the better. Yeah. Uh, the, there's just something to, you know, that and that's the tech side. Of course we can talk about the the level of content and evidence based and all that stuff. But you know, I think it's important that we're finally an education company and I feel like we're the only education company that does this, but it's like how many education companies just have hoops for no reason. Mm-hmm. Like if, if you've ever gone through a degree program, you definitely know what I'm talking about, right? Like they make you jump through so many freaking ridiculous hoops that have absolutely nothing about, to do with education, right. whether it's enrollment days or crazy eight hour long administrative tasks that you have to complete to be enrolled. Like if anybody else ran a business like that, they'd be out of business. Yeah. Right. Course schedules that obliterate any chance of actually working full time. Like all that stuff has to go. University professors who think that the class is all about them. Right. Like you're supposed to like, yeah, kiss their, Heine and you know they can change their schedule to whatever's convenient for them and they don't think about the class and they write tests that are almost illegible and you're expected to just figure it out like all that stuff is just hoops 
it's it's hoops for for no reason. Yeah, and, hoops and the politics of stuff. Well, you've been through so much education. My son doing the MD PhD. I mean, he, and now it's residency too, right? So residency is a whole another deal of hoops and basically being a slave. But you know, one more year of that, he's out. But I can't even believe like actually the two people I know the the, the two people with the most unbelievable work ethic that I know are you and Nick, my son. I don't know anyone, seriously. I tell people this too. I don't know anyone who can work, outwork anyone like you guys do. And I actually don't know how you do it. Because I'm freaking, I need a nap just thinking about it. <laughs> I'm a tank. Yeah. I just keep going. I'm a tank. Yeah, yeah. Um, when I get stressed out, I'll go to sleep. Like if I'm writing, I have a big paper to do or, you know, writing a book or if I get overwhelmed, I just, I'm out. Nick starts working harder when he's stressed out. Yeah. You probably do too, because I've seen you do it. (laughs) Pandemic hit, and I was like, all right, 14 hours a day, let's go. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. You know, it's, uh, you know, I've always been like that. That's, that's, that, I guess that's one thing that's an advantage for me. I definitely can, can put in some, some long hours, although maybe a little less now than I used to be able to, Um, you know, but there's a lot to do. You know, I think, I think that's the, the thing, like student-centered learning is where everything should be. And when I look across education, and I've said this on a couple podcasts, I think a lot of people think I love education. And the truth is probably darker than that. I do love being an educator, but I kind of hate education. Yeah. Like, I don't like the, the position that, that educators put people in. I don't like the the crazy costs that are applied to things just because, you know, people can or or they can fool people into it with better marketing. Like, I think at the end, the long-term play will, will decide who's going to win this battle, but more people need to be on the student side, mm-hmm. right? Like this, it, it's a little ridiculous that, you know, if you go to most universities, it's really professor first, student last. Like the students aren't put first. Um, yeah. And I'm not saying that, like, don't get me wrong. Like there are definitely some crazy things happening in universities with students disrespecting professors and like the anti-science movement that's come about. And, like everybody's opinion should count. Like I'm not saying that's cool. Okay, either. I'm not saying professors should ever be disrespected, but I think the way the model is currently set up, there's not enough people thinking about how do we reduce barriers of entry? How do we reduce the hoops? How do we make it so that the biggest effort is on learning the material and not on trying to get the class that I'm trying to get or oh, figuring yeah. out how to pay for the class that I'm trying to, to take? Yeah. You know? And even, even some of the other stuff we could get into with like the upfront fees, you know, another thing it doesn't allow people to do is try anything. Yeah, you're, you're basically punishing people who want to try more education, right? So if they want a lot of that education, they have to pay a lot more. Um, and a lot of times, you know, the education isn't great. That's that that's a problem. I think if 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 everybody was allowed to try every piece of education that is out there, a lot of these companies would go out of business real fast, right? Because yeah. Yeah. Like as soon as you get into the education materials, like you're just going, oh, geez, like this yeah. is poorly taught or, you know, boring, not great content, poorly organized, you know, like if you create a list, most, most 
especially now with the days of Instagram, most of the people out there teaching live workshops aren't educators. Yeah. They have zero experience in education, zero training. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's rough. I mean, which is another hoop. It just creates another hoop for the student because now the, the, it's poorly taught education that they have to like wrap their brain around to make sense of. Well, I, know, I know from personal experience, and I know Nick, is, we've talked about this a lot, that uh, when you are in a classroom or online situation or whatever, and you have to interpret uh, what you think the professor is trying to tell you, that's just not good. And, and, no. and, and sometimes if you interpret slightly differently, your grade can go down the toilet because, uh, yeah. you, know, you know, but actually if you had gotten it, you, if you understood where they're coming from, well, they would have gotten it. He had, uh, you probably had this too. Um, and I did in one class and, you know, I don't care where people are from or what, you know, they look like or their language, but if you're speaking in, in Syracuse, New York, where I live and you're teaching, and when the class is taught in English, speak English well. Yeah. <laughs> because if you can't, if we can't understand you, this is, a, this is a real problem sometimes. And they pay a lot of money for it. Yeah. I mean, there's some, it has some things to do with like re, some institutions being research first. So they like get good researchers who aren't necessarily great teachers. Yeah. Um, but, you know, at the very least that that instructor needs to be working on their communication. Um, I mean, look, there's a, that's a big problem in the university system. Like you have to have a master's degree in education to teach at a high school level. You need absolutely no education in education to teach at a college level. It's true. So, you know, like the worst experience I had was my DPT. I was at Hunter College. There was four. I remember you telling me about that. Yeah. Oh man, horrible. Worst experience. Worst three years I've ever had. some of them still haven't retired and they need to. They were, ter- they were terrible instructors to begin with and now they're, they were getting up there in years. They acted like they kind of hated students and were terrible instructors on top of it. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was rough. It was definitely rough and all that stuff needs to go. Um, that gets into like some, some pretty gnarly conversations about tenure and, and, oh, yeah. and, and the bureaucracy behind universities. You know, I've said this before, like, we're trying to go all the way. You know, we hope that every course that you take with the Brookbush Institute is something you enjoy. You would have taken it if there was no credit, right? Yeah. But we want to make it count for CECs, certification, and eventually master's degree credits. Yeah. And for that, all of that to count, for all of that to be included in our 1999 a month membership. And we're getting closer. Yeah, I remember you. So I remember when I was teaching with you, um, you were talking about this this education, like master's degree type of thing coming out of the institute. And I think it's like that that would be the first of its kind, first of all. I mean, but if I can put a master's so degree cool. on an app on your phone for $19.99 a month <laughs> that you can take one credit at a time, I think I win. I, I, yeah. I, I'm going to call that a win. Yeah. One point for me. They won't um, go into student loan debt over, uh, you know. Yeah, you don't have to. It's nineteen ninety. It's crazy. Yeah, it's great. Somebody was asking me, "Well, what if they finish it in two months?" Good for them. Yeah, exactly. Why would I? Why would I hold somebody back? Who cares? If you can, if you can manage to do two hundred credit hours through us in in two months, right, or whatever it ends up being for this master's degree program. But you know, like if you can do that, good for you, man. Like absolutely. And, it, and if you don't want to stay with us, okay. My guess is, is if somebody's that dedicated to our platform, they're, they're probably going to stay with us anyway. I, I don't, like I said, I don't care. I, 
I'm trying to help people. Like I know as long as I, tr- I help people that we'll make, we'll make out in the end, you know, like the, the, the money will be there. Like there's, you know, people forget it. Like there's, de- you know, along with the anti-science movement, there's definitely like an anti-corporate movement going on right now, especially in our current environment. And yeah. I, yeah. I think people forget that there's good companies out there. Mm-hmm. Nobody complains about charging for good service. You know, like, are we making money? Yeah. Have we made more money during COVID? Actually, yes. The fact that I got so frantic, and frantic is actually the wrong word. The fact that I put pedal to the metal, got very organized, killed it on execution over the last two months, we've actually increased our growth rate. That wasn't expected. I wasn't trying to take advantage of anything. All I was trying to do was go, okay, we need to serve people to the best of our ability right now. We need to offer whatever we can. We need to take advantage of opportunities because if we don't and things do turn for the worst, like the economy, let's say, like really plummets in the next six months, we need to try to insulate ourselves a little bit so we can keep our team. But, you know, when you look at how we ended up growing over the last two months, Mm -hmm. there's nothing to be ashamed about. Oh, not at all. We grew because we offered a live stream product for less money to ensure that people who were signed up for a live (laughs) workshop could get the CECs they need to keep their license and certifications. We knew we had to do that. We knew some people couldn't wait to get their CECs. Exactly. We got more memberships sold. But we got more memberships sold because we have a good online platform already. And then I started sending out emails because what two things do I know, right? I know human movement science and COVID. No, I know ne- I'm not an epidemiologist. Right? Like that's one of the biggest mistakes I saw through this whole business thing is like people are like, here's what you should do about COVID. You don't know anything about viruses. Keep your mouth shut, right? Like, yeah, we should all be relying on experts. But the other thing I do know about You know, me and you have talked about this, Carl, and I've been a little bit of a coach for you here is I'm actually pretty good on the business end of things. Oh, yeah, totally. Right. So, you know, I think I I think I have a little bit of imposter syndrome because I've been frantically devouring books for the last five or six years on strategy and reading CEO biographies and like marketing and like management styles and all this stuff. I just like devour this stuff. Right. To like try to make sure that I'm servicing my company well. Well, you know, one of the things we did that ended up helping us with memberships is I started writing like long form emails about, you know, my favorite marketing books. Here's five things you could start doing for social media marketing tomorrow. Teaching them the lean management strategy about, you know, setting up tests and, and being ready to fail. And, you know, you throw something out there, you see how it does, you modify it and then you do that again over and over and over again. And we've never had a better time to fail than right now because people are really, really kind actually. Like if you just throw some stuff, I've never done an online session before. There's never been a a better time to try than right now, right? People are very forgiving in this situation. So we started, long story short, we started throwing out all these business emails and like trying to give people, the only other thing I know how to give right? I already gave you all the human movement science information. It's already out there and we keep doing that. But let me give this business stuff on top of it. And we had a bunch of people sign up. So, you know, I'm not, I'm, I think 
like, it's, you know, kind of guess kind of going back, the lesson to learn there is, is number one, try some shit. Uh, I've been teaching that for, I feel like for the last two weeks, like guys, there's never been a better time to try new things than right now. If you fail, you lost nothing. You learned something. Um, yeah. And, you know, I just keep trying to service as much as I possibly can. And, and so here we are growing faster than we were before. Now, will Dude. it stay that way? Who knows? But right now, yeah, we see, now you just use the key word there, service, right? Because you're looking at helping other people. Uh, that's why you got into this in the first place. Um, so you take the, the time that we're in right now, a lot of people have slowed down, right? Because they, they, they might be busy doing some stuff, but a lot of people aren't as busy as they were. You and I are really busy because this is how we roll, right? Yeah, but, online. But leaders are born in times of uh, like these, actually. Not that you weren't a leader, but now you're even more of a leader because you have, it's, it's all a win-win-win, right? Yeah. You grow your business, but in the process, you have a product to offer that is the most affordable as far as I can tell. I've never seen anything like it well there isn't anything like it that's why and so now people can buy in they can they can afford to probably instead of a 500 dollars one-time course that uh, they can't that doesn't even offer that much stuff a lot of courses aren't really that good i'm sorry some of them are great though i just want to make sure i don't piss anybody off um but so there's nothing wrong with it because you know actually people need help especially during this time and they have time to learn well this is a good time to do it so you try yeah. stuff, you deliver stuff, people consume it. And I've also noticed two things since probably mid-March when I stopped working at the university because they shut down. Uh, I've lived here 27 years. So these trails that go up and down, miles and miles and miles. I, I'm on, I used to run them. Well, now I, I ride my bike on them, dirt, paved, whatever. Two things. More people are out and moving than ever on those trails. And they're nicer. People are being nicer right now. Something has happened, and I think it's just a whole global, I don't know word, but it's like people are having a little more empathy towards others. I can't yeah. think of any words, but it's actually pretty cool, you know? And I think, I think empathy and service is going to be the win. I mean, you know, we've talked about now's a good time to try stuff. And if you guys don't know the book Lean Startup by Eric Ries, like I would get it. Um, we are a lean company, the Brookbush Institute. We're always trying stuff. We're always failing. Um, but you know, you, what you got to keep in mind is if for every 10 things you try, you get one fit, one success, like you're winning. Right. And then you just right. got to figure out how to test more things. Yep. I think if you think about in the terms of what you're testing services, how you can service people, how you can help people. I think that's also going to be a big big win um i think the companies right now that are are playing hero they're the companies that are going to last yeah i see some companies who are more playing victim or survivor and they're getting really gnarly and like you know trying to hold people to contracts and not like maybe charging more for services that they didn't charge more for before mm -hmm. um i think those are the people that disappear you know, I'm, I'm not real happy with, for example, with JetBlue right now, because JetBlue offered me a, you know, I was supposed to fly to Santa Fe and teach the integrated manual therapy workshop. And that was the weekend that we got put into quarantine. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Well, they gave me a credit for another place. Credit. Yeah. I don't. I, I. I'm not getting back on a plane anytime soon. We have no idea. And of course, like, there's only 12 months on that credit anyway. And I only fly JetBlue to go to Santa Fe. I'm not a normal JetBlue flyer, but like, now, I'm definitely not going to be flying on JetBlue again if I end up losing that cash because all I got was a like. That's the type of thing where I'm like, you guys, you, you have to stop. Yeah. Us, we started, we sent out emails, like, if you're interested in this live stream, this is just an example for the live workshop, guys. So, like, and this is where I think the win was. Realize, with the live stream, you, it was cheaper. We were offering a refund for a difference in the price if you took a live workshop. And we were going to give 50% off for a future live workshop if you came to the live stream course. Yeah. And you still got the same corrective exercise back that you would have gotten on the live workshop. That's a win, 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 right? Yeah. Like we're going, look, this is an alternative. We don't expect you to take this. If you do, we're not only going to reward you for taking it, we'll, we'll even make the next live workshop cheaper because we knew that's what you originally wanted. And anybody who said, I'm not interested, refund, no questions asked, yeah. full refund. I'm not going to argue because that's the right thing to do. They didn't have control and neither did we. It's, yeah, right? exactly. Especially in this situation. Yeah. Nobody had control. No, we've never seen this in our lifetimes. Um, anything yeah. really close to this. So no, that is, that is the way to do it. Well, I did the same thing too. We just like, yeah. go. Uh, some people are hanging on because they know something will happen down the road, live stream and, or, and actually it's the same kind of deal. Same thing. Yeah. So yeah, I think you're right. Um, this, Empathy seems to be a huge communal thing for probably more people than not. And we're yeah. empathizing with each other. There's so many people affected in so many different ways by this. It's just, I don't even know all the ways yet because I, I just don't know. But I just know it's a lot. Yeah. And it's been devastating. Um, I, I'm, I'm doing very, very well. I'm very, very lucky. But yeah. in, in every aspect, everything is very good. But people are struggling. They're driving their car to get food and waiting 12 hours to get food. Oh, man. You know, order your food. Those people and I'm lucky. <laughs> well, learn to order your food if that's the case. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I know that doesn't work for everywhere. I, I, luckily, in, you know, in big cities, we got the advantage of being able to order our food online. But yep. um, yeah, man, I think, you know, overall, the world's not going back to the way it was. Nope. And I don't want to say things are never going back to a normal. It's just going to be a new normal. And I think the way services are changing, especially with the, the inter, with internet technology being what it is. Yeah. Service is becoming more and more the differentiator. Um, if you it's getting harder and harder to be a snake oil salesman. It's getting harder and harder to be just a trend, like hop on a trend. Like that stuff is slowly going to die out. And you'll see that like the people who win are the people who offer the best service at the lowest price, which we could use that formula right there as highest value. Mm -hmm. So best service is lowest price equals highest value. Mm -hmm. Like the people offering the highest value, which is going to be empathy driven are the people gonna, who are going to win. Yeah. And right now, while things are chaotic, is the perfect time for you guys to put together as many test ideas as you possibly can and start testing them, just beating them up. You know, it's harder to do that when things are going well because you think you're losing money. 
oh, right now, yeah, you're not. You, you're not making any money anyway, right? Unless you're getting unemployment or whatever. But but if you're unemployment, perfect time. There was a time when I was starting the Brookbush Institute um, where I'd gotten fired for Equinox. I, I've been fired from every job I ever had. That's a totally different story. Um, <laughs> next and I was on unemployment. Huh? Next interview. <laughs> yeah, next interview. Why Brent is always fired. Um, you, I'm sure you guys can imagine. You know, leaders make terrible followers. But um, when you – what was I going to say? So, like, if you're on unemployment I, – I was on unemployment. That's what I was saying. So, I was on unemployment for, like, five or six months. That gave me a big head start to launching what was the Brookbush Institute then, which was a consulting company. Yeah. But it gave me like six months to put together some content and some courses and some yeah. workshops. And like, you know, that's just a perfect example of like, what a good time to try and be productive. Obviously, education is another big thing everybody can do. And you see, man, like, once everything goes back to normal, it's going to be the people who tried stuff, the people who stayed productive, the people who worked really hard right now. Yeah. When things start kicking back up, you know, those first few jobs that become available, they're going to the people who are working hard right now. They're not going to the people who were sitting on the couch watching Netflix eating potato chips. Like, if I'm going to hire somebody back after, you know, some layoffs, I want that person who picked up two certifications, who, who like, got in the best shape of their life, who put together some crazy new stuff that they hadn't had before because they had the time to do it. Like, that's the person I want back on my team because I know that they're going to they're gonna charge towards the, towards the finish line at a whole new speed that they didn't even have before. Yes, yes, uh, it's an opportunity right now. It's, um, at first, I was a little bit, I didn't know what to think of everything. And I still don't in some ways, but uh, it, it became a great time, especially with the health issues last year, which I had time then to reflect and go into my inner self and say, what the hell are you doing? What do you want to do? What are you going to do? And, uh, but now is another time to do this. And I feel good. And I'm moving well. And so... I, I hate to say it, you know, while we were talking before I started recording, COVID is bad, but I'm really enjoying this introspective opportunity or the opportunity to be introspective and, and get a lot of stuff done. I think, I think of you often when I'm over at this little studio that no one's there and I set up the cameras and we record stuff because like I'm recording more now than ever. Yeah. <laughs> content. Yeah. Content. And trying things too. Trying that's a things great. That's a great, great um, example of taking advantage of the taking advantage of the situation in a positive way, right? It's not easy to find empty studios to do recordings like we do. Yeah. Uh, it, it was it was quite the hassle. Um, yeah. But right now there's there's a lot of empty studios. So. Oh man, yes. And you know the other thing too is, uh, and I, I feel bad for some of these people, but I, I, there's some people in my line of education teaching parallel material i'll call it uh parkinson's and they they close their doors man they're done and these are yeah. people who had also not just bigger than me with sizable followings sizable subscribers and they're done they're gone yeah i mean you know you know like i think gold's gym corporate just went out of business 24-hour fitness filed bankruptcy Ooh. like this is good the, the whole landscape is definitely changing like people yeah. have to understand like if my continuous coming back to this thing of like testing new things hasn't sunk in yet, you need to start testing new things because whatever happens after this, especially if you're in fitness, 
Rehab will come back because pain is a powerful motivator. Um, I have no doubt that although some clinics will close, physical therapists, athletic trainers, chiropractors, you guys are going to be fine, Mm -hmm. right? This might have been a very harsh slap in the face. And I know some people lost their clinics or whatever job that they had, but you're coming back. That's coming back. Fitness? No. What happens to the fitness industry is going to be totally different than where we started. Something like they... I heard some estimate that like 60% of personal trainers switch to online sessions almost immediately. Yeah. A lot of those online sessions are not coming back in gyms. Like that's just a fact. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of trainers who are working for big box clubs are happier independent as online coaches, which is going to change the big box landscape. It could create more opportunities for new trainers who want jobs in big box clubs um big box gyms are going to have to change the way they do business they will. Um, yeah. yeah it's 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 time to test new stuff guys I, that's that's all i can say is because at the very least you need to be prepared for the new environment that you're about to step into even even all of the licensed professionals i was mentioning before telehealth is going to be a much bigger part of our profession there's no there is no doubt about that i would not be surprised if we find out that the average rate of sessions went to 20 percent telehealth for every employed clinician yeah right like those changes are coming uh two weeks ago i was talking with dr mike clark and he he said exactly the same thing you just did um well we have to adapt to uh the times and in this if people are going to work in a big box gym these gyms take note big 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 box gym managers and owners is um things will have to change or you won't get people in there, you know, because the people who are in there who are teaching online now, they're earning more money, but they're charging less. You know what I mean? So the consumer yeah, I think win because they're able to pay a little bit less, but the trainer gets to keep all the money. And that's, that's been a problem in the industry for a long time. Uh, I don't know about in New York city. I know a lot of places I've traveled and you've traveled, you know, if you're not working, you know, 10, 12 hours a day, you can't even pay your bills as a trainer because it's just not the income. The gym keeps way too much money. They're entitled to keep a certain amount. Of course, they're giving you stuff to use. But I think the whole that whole thing will change, too. It needs to change in order to be successful. Yeah, I think I think the, the, the more accurate way to, to uh, say that problem out loud, I guess, would be gyms keep a lot of money because they're spending a lot of money. The profit margin on personal training actually for a big box gym isn't very large. And I think that's one mistake that, that uh, personal trainers make is they're like, oh, they're keeping two thirds of my sessions. Yes, because they're spending one third of that on marketing and another third of that on management and essentially the infrastructure that allows you to continue doing sessions at that club. Mm-hmm. I think what's going to happen is, is like big box gyms are going to have to come up with a leaner, right? A, a more focused financial model for personal training because obviously there's too much waste there they, they need to come up with a way of paying trainers better yeah. or or expecting less time from the personal trainer maybe outside of sessions or offering trainers other benefits without bankrupting themselves you know like i'm now being a business owner and you being a business owner you understand like yeah. You know, employees like a lot, I want more, I want more, I want more. And you kind of look at them and go, where do you think that's going to come from? Right? Like it's, it's not, it's not so simple. I, I, I have empathy for them too. I think my point being is like the shakeup, which is all this is for personal training departments is a shakeup 
it's going to force people to start coming up with like leaner ways to get things done. And I, I don't know exactly what that's going to be. Um, you know, it may be some sort of trickle down marketing thing rather than like some direct marketing thing for personal training or to try to cut down marketing costs or like they come up with better management systems or. Yeah. I, you know, and to be fair, uh, like I was saying, they have, a, obviously they have a right to keep money. They're giving you the, the place to use. They have, you know, the big box gyms, my God, I, I was talking with a guy who owns a big facility here. Now it's not a, a chain, but just the monthly electric bill. It's like ten thousand oh, dollars. Insane. <laughs> it's like, whoa. Yeah, you know, it takes them like five hundred members to pay that. So, yeah, I, I uh, yeah, but it will be interesting to see how it shakes out, how it shakes down, and and I think yeah, the leaner model is an interesting concept. Something will come out of it, and be interesting to see what it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's going to be adapt or die, right? Like, there's not. Yeah. Just like, you know, just like Mike Clark said, who's obviously was a, a big influence on me early on in my career, like, you know, you have to, you have to keep moving, you have to keep testing, like, yeah. you can't, you know, I think that we just kind of keep going back to this theme of like, if you got comfortable, if you got complacent, like you're hurting right now, Yeah, you know, but the hungry, the ones of us who are testing and continuing to try new things, like I can't. I can tell you right now, like the Brookbush Institute, one of the reasons we're doing so well, how many of the big workshop uh, companies have live stream products? I had no idea, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's, I think, and I think that's a perfect, I'm not, look, I'm sure, I guess it's a jab at Big Box or some of the bigger certifications out there. But like, you know, my point is more like, you know, if you adapt, you'll win. You don't need to, you don't need to wait for permission, you know, and if you got complacent, like some of those companies are losing hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars because they did not adapt or did not adapt fast enough. Mm -hmm. Right. Like you just, you got to You got to keep going. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is when this started, um, it took about two weeks for me to think about how I want what I was going to do. And then I realized I, there, there really aren't very many alternatives. In fact, there aren't any, I had to go online and do virtual stuff. So I got together my list, boom, sent it out. What do you know? I started, I did my first online session just using my phone, you know, we're zooming or whatever FaceTime. And, uh, it's, it's actually been going really well. Yeah. And it's so convenient. I'm upstairs in my daughter's old bedroom. This is my, my new, Jim, my new office, yeah. my, my education room, and I have the tripod over there. Boom, phone, equipment to demonstrate stuff, and and there they go. And how convenient is this? So I know moving forward, and I have people now who are out of my area too. It's not just the clients I physically was one of. A lady with Parkinson's in the north of Toronto, another gentleman in Vancouver. It's like beautiful. I had a lady in England starting up soon. Well, this is so cool. And uh, easy, effective. It's, yeah, it, it, there's a there's a value there that they're seeing, and exactly. they feel that it's fair. And I'm helping them, and they're but they're committed. Their compliance is very good. They're doing the work. They're realizing the benefits, and I get to stay here at home. I like it. Yeah, adapt or die, man. Yeah, adapt or die. Like you know, if you 
you can keep that service orientation and, and just start running tests. Just Might be a good title. Little ideas. Might be a good title on the YouTube thing is interview with Dr. Brent Brookbush, Adapt or Die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's maybe we need to change the word die. That's, that's that's probably not a great word to use right now. Um, obviously I'm just using a colloquial phrase there. Maybe we should use like you know, adapt or fail or something like that. Like, I do feel bad, man. This this COVID thing has been rough. Out. I know me and you have been laughing because we're friends and well, you know, we've found some success in this whole thing. And, and I hope that that inspires other people to try to find success too, because if they try hard enough and test enough things, they will find something that works. But, you know, it has been, there's no doubt that this has been a pretty, pretty serious and terrible thing. Like, yeah. it see has. how it all pans out. I think the financial stuff, to follow is actually going to be worse too. I know that sounds crazy, but you know, people forget that like with poverty comes depression with depression comes increased suicide rates with poverty become comes not being able to pay for medical care and not having great food. And yeah, I think the outcome of this is going to be, it's going to We're be the beginning tough. of a big cycle of something that we don't know how it's going to turn out to be. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'd like to think that like starting in July, we were all going to go back to normal. I just, yeah, I'm not, I'm not betting on it. I wouldn't either. Well, listen, my friend, this has been fun and insightful as always. Always. Do me a favor. Uh, I'll end the recording soon, but just stay on with me for a minute. Um, so I wanted to yep. bring you on something real quick. Um, any any last words of wisdom, takeaway message, anything like that? I love the adapter die. That's actually a good one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, guys, get Eric Reese, the lean startup, start testing new ideas. Yeah, that's a great about point. a service mentality. Uh, try your best to stay productive in these times. Even if you didn't succeed at any anything in particular during these times, just the fact that you put in the work will help you hit the ground running with the normal. Of course, you got brookbushinstitute.com if you guys like the idea of more affordable education. Education is always a good thing to do in downtime. I can tell you in every recession, I think there's a research study out there that shows in like every recession we've ever had, uh, school enrollments go up. Yeah. Right, like post-secondary education goes up, and that's just a great idea. I think education is always a great way to use that time. So, that would be my message. Um, right, man. And, uh, I'm wishing everybody the best. That's for sure. These are tough times. Well, thanks, man. As always, it's a, it's a pleasure. It's good to see you again, too. It's been a long time. No joke. Days I'll actually get down to New York, and we can go uh, check out somebody at the Iridium or something. <laughs> that would be no, awesome. It's been a while since I've seen some jazz. I need to need to get out. It's funny, so I, I won't end this yet because jazz, uh, jazz is a thing that uh, Brent, Brent is a jazz musician. I, I was for a long time as, as a career. Uh, I actually talked with a, a gentleman who is um, the founder of Jazz Is Magazine. Oh, wow. Uh, Michael Fagan. He, he actually is pretty much responsible for putting Kenny G on the map. And I, so we started busting on it. Kenny G, yeah. sorry, Kenny G, <laughs> but I heard you can play your butt off, but you made more money the other way. It's okay. It's all good. But the real Kenny G, Kenny Garrett, oh man, I've been listening to that recently. Oh Just, man, Kenny Garrett's therapy for me. a beast. Great therapy. All right, my friend. Uh, thank you. Thank you everyone for watching. Thanks for listening and uh, have a great day. Remember brookbushinstitute.com. Go there, check it out. Take care. All right.